It's okay. The last thing I need is to be What you would say, word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place, please let me stay and rest in your I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you, and in the quiet, to hear your voice, word of God speak, when you pour How do you run out of cookie dough? Well, good e good evening. Good morning. <laughs> if you would open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, verse twenty-nine. I'm sorry, chapter twenty-nine, verse twenty-three. If you can tell, I did not sleep well last night. My beagle woke me up. It was about three times during the night. So, and each time he wanted out, there was a skunk outside and he kept smelling that. So, and of course then, just to give you a little story, I was holding him. I took him out, let him run around on the leash to see if he would do his business and he never did so I picked him up and when I'm walking back in he hears something and he barks while I'm holding him that about scared me half to death <laughs> and I almost dropped him so but uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23 
As you're turning there, you know, the last couple of weeks we have looked at sin and pride. Now, pride, when you look at pride, pride has been the downfall of many people. Pride was the sin of Satan. He was lifted up in pride at his beauty and he wanted to be God. And, you know, his desire was to be God because of this. He was lifted in pride. And, and when you look at pride, pride is sinful and it's destructive. But at the same time, when you look at sin itself, many of the sins that people commit or commit are pretty much sins of pride. Pride leads them to it. As I mentioned last week, it's no more than pride that leads Christians to question the Word of God. They're reading the Word of God and they see something that they don't like in the Word of God and they think the Word of God is wrong. Well, that's a sin of pride that causes them to do that. So today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to look at pride, but we're also going to look at humility. Pride and humility and how Christians are to be humble and not proud, fussy Christians, if you will, who are not examples for others. We're to be humble and not prideful. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 23. It says, The pride of a man shall bring him low, but the humble in spirit shall enjoy glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. Just illuminate your word for us and help us just to take what we learn today and apply it into our daily walk. And again, Lord, I just thank you for this day that you have given us, the day that we could just come and worship and fellowship one with another. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Again, Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray that you would open up their hearts and just let them be saved today. And again, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for the many blessings that you've given us, the blessings of life and liberty blessings that we could just come today and just worship. And Lord, I just pray that you would be again with those that are sick and shut in, those who could not make it today, those that may be traveling. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, the scripture says, the pride of a man shall bring him low. Now what I want you to do real quick is turn over to Matthew chapter 19 and look at verse 30, something that Jesus says. And the thing is, is you're going to see this concept all through the Gospels. This is not the only place that Jesus says something like this. We find it in Matthew twenty-two fourteen. 14. We find it in, in Mark 10, 31. And then we find it in Luke 1330, this same concept. And what Jesus says is he tells us, but many that are first shall be last. Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And what he is talking about here is a concept concerning pride. 
Someone who is first, he is likening that to someone who is prideful, someone who is lifted up. He says that that person who is prideful and lifted up will be last. They're going to be humbled, is what's going to happen. But then the person who is last or humble will be first. And again, this is a concept that we see all through the Gospels. Jesus talking about how pretty much the pride, the prideful will be humble, like the Pharisees. And then the least of these, the humble, will be first. But it's not only there that we find this. We find it in the Proverbs. We find it in the Old Testament, this concept concerning pride and how evil pride is. And what we also see in the Bible is that God breaks down pride. The one who will elevate themselves, God will humble them. He will humble them. But the question is why? Why does God do this? Now, look at Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, starting with verse 16 and going through 19, what we see are things that God hates. And this is what the author says. God hates these things. And the first thing on this list, look at what it says. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, his soul abhorreth seven. The haughty eyes, that's pride. Being prideful. He hates pride. And then it goes on and he says, A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that imagineth wicked things, wicked enterprises, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and him that raiseth up contentions among brethren. So we see that God hates these things. But the first on the list is pride. Pride is the first thing on the list that, that God hates. He hates pride because pride leads to sin and ultimately, destruction. And we see this in Proverbs 16, verse 18. It says, pride goeth before destruction, and a high mind before the fall. Pride leads to destruction. But why is, what is another reason why God brings down the prideful? Why does he bring the proud low? And what I want you to do is turn back to the book of Genesis, chapter 3. And what I want to do is look at what happens in the garden when Adam and Eve fell into sin. In verse 4 it says, Then the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not die at all. But God doth know that when ye shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So the woman, 
Now, look at what's in parentheses there. So the woman, seeing that the tree was good for meat and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to get knowledge, took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. The focus is what's on the parentheses or what's in the parentheses. When Satan tempted Eve, his temptation was based on pride. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, all of these things, but mostly pride. Basically, he was telling her, when, when you see what he says here, ye shall not die at all, but God doth know that when ye shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Basically, what he's saying is, is You know, God is keeping you and Adam down. He doesn't want you to gain this knowledge because you'll be like him. That's what he's saying. He's attacking her pride. And then, based on what's in the parentheses there, and it's in parentheses so we will focus on it, When Eve looks at the tree, the first thing that she sees is that the tree is good for food. Who had been providing for them before then? God. Then she sees that the tree is pleasant to look upon. Why is God keeping this tree from us? It's so pretty. And then... It's a tree to gain knowledge. Well, why is God withholding this from us? I want to gain this knowledge. You see the I want there? What was the pride of Satan? In Isaiah, I will, I will, I will. You see those six I wills in Isaiah 14. I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. Pride. The temptation and pride of Eve led to sin. And the same thing can be said for Adam. It was his pride that led to sin. You can see Eve's, I will gather my own food from this tree. It's good for food. Why is God keeping this tree from us? You know, it's so pretty to look at. And I want to gain knowledge. Why is God keeping knowledge from us? It's pride. The pride led to feelings of living independently of God. That's why God hates pride. Pride leads us to want to live independently of him instead of relying on him. God had been providing everything for Adam and Eve. But pride led them to rebel against God. God brings the prideful low because pride motivates people to live independently of him. 
and not rely on him. And, you know, this can be seen also, you know, just pick your sin. But it can be seen, let's say, in the sin of gambling. It's pride. Pride and greed moves these people to take what God has blessed them with and instead of relying on God for providing things, they rely on chance and luck. Well, that's sinful. You know, they squander this blessing in an attempt to gain more and they're no longer reliant on God. But that's any sin. It, pride leads us into sin. But the Bible tells us that pride, the pride of man shall bring him low, and they will be brought low by God. God will humble those that are proud. But then what about the humble? Look back at verse 23. It says, The pride of a man shall bring him low, but the humble in spirit shall enjoy glory. What is humility? You know, humility basically, if you were to give it a general definition, it's not being proud. It's not being high-minded. Proud, haughty, um, arrogant. It's not being arrogant. It's not being assertive. But I want you to think about something. When you think about humility, humility is an action. It's an action that we take. If you look at someone who is humble, let's say someone who is poor, that person could be humble. Not high-minded, not haughty. But at the same time, someone who is poor can be proud. But the same is true for someone who is rich and powerful. That rich and powerful person could be proud but at the same time, if you look at someone who is rich and powerful, they could be humble. Humility is an action. Take, for instance, George Washington. When the revolution was over, George Washington went to the Virginia House of Burgesses, and while he was there, the House of Burgesses started to praise him and his actions during the revolution and how great of a general he was. But George Washington was a very humble man. And whenever they were saying that, he didn't know what to say. Because he didn't know that was what was going to happen when he went there. So it embarrassed him. But this is the same one who led the revolutionary armies and also was the first president. But he was humble. Humility is an action. It's how one carries themselves. A humble person carries themselves in a spirit of lowliness. But let's look at Christian humility. Christian humility means that we carry ourselves in a spirit of lowliness 
and submission to God. That's Christian humility. Add submission to God to that. We're to submit ourselves to God. We're to rely on Him. Basically, a Christian is supposed to deny themselves for the sake of Jesus Christ. Not be lifted in pride, but deny themselves for the sake of Jesus Christ and for the sake of others. The Christian is to be an example of what Christ can do for someone. To be an example of what Christ can do for someone, we have to be humble. And carry ourselves in a spirit of humility, Christian humility, where we are lowly and we show submission to Jesus Christ. Now, is humility a bad thing? No. We're to be humble. Yet many people think humility is a bad thing. Many Christians think humility is a bad thing. We're to be humble. The Bible says the humble in spirit shall enjoy glory, yet humans by and large have looked at humility as something to be avoided, something bad. They view the humble as weak. Think about that. They view the humble as weak. And many... feel that whenever they are humble, they will be an object of contempt. And an object of abuse. That's why many Christians overlook the Bible's teachings on humility. And you find teachings on humility all throughout the Bible. Because God hates pride. But many Christians overlook the Bible's teachings on humility because what happens, as I said earlier and as I said last week, they, they will look at a verse and they will see a verse and then they say, well, I don't like what that verse says and they disregard it. Well, that's not what that's not what the government's saying. That's not what my friends are saying. But as I said last week, we're not God. When God put his word in our hands, he wants us to follow it, obey it, submit to it. Submission is a sign of humility. When we submit to the word of God, we are humbling ourselves before God. And that's what he wants. But think about something. When people disregard humility, and let's, let's look at the lost, for instance. Someone who is lost, when the lost disregard humility and what the Bible teaches on humility 
after they've heard the gospel message, if they disregard humility, they do it at their own peril. Why? Look at Matthew 18, verses 3 through 4. Now this is Jesus talking here. And said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, now look at this, and become as little children. Do you notice that? Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Remember the concept of the first being last and the last being first? That's pride and humility. Right here, Jesus is talking about pride and humility. One thing that we see in Jesus' statement here is that humility... Humility, I'm going to say it one more time, humility is necessary for salvation. One must humble themselves before God to be saved. Why? Because the person must admit that they are sinful, and they must admit that they are lost, and they must admit their need for a Savior. That takes Humility. For someone to repent, they have to say, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And to admit that you are wrong takes humility. That is what Jesus is telling us. To be saved, you have to be like a little child. Except you be converted and become as little children, humbling oneself, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. One must humble themselves before God, admit that they are sinful, and admit their need for Jesus Christ repenting of their sins. One who is lifted in pride will not do this. The person has to humble themselves. Why? Because humility will lead to self-evaluation. You look at yourself and you see you are lost. And you need conversion repentance, and Jesus Christ for eternal life. Through humility, one will see whether life needs improvement and they will see that Jesus Christ is the only one who can do it. Only Christ can help us do this. And through humility one turns to Christ after they hear the gospel, after they are convicted by the Holy Spirit. 
humility will turn them to Christ because they see they can't do it by themselves. Pride, on the other hand, says, I can go it alone. I don't need God. Yet pride leads to hell. Because we can't go it alone. Humility tells us that we can't do anything on our own. We can't save ourselves and we can't change ourselves. We need Jesus Christ for this. Look back at Proverbs 29.23. The pride of a man shall bring him low, but the humble in spirit shall enjoy glory. Now I want to look at this verse in a different way. Because look at what you can also see here. The pride of a man shall bring him low. Pride leads to hell. That's as low as you can go. Pride leads to hell. But humility leads to Jesus Christ and glory. Pride leads to hell, but humility leads to Christ and glory. We are to be humble and not prideful. Christians are to be examples of the humility and meekness of Jesus Christ. And we're to be an example of the change he can make in us. Humility helps us to be that example, not pride. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that as we are before you, Lord, that, I, that if there's, again, anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that you would speak to their hearts. Again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. And just help us, Lord, to look to your word and look to you for guidance and understanding. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.